Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. I don't believe the pulpit is something to be prostituted, so uh, I only bring or uh, put people in front of you that I believe in what they have to say, and I trust that I'm not going to have to clean up what they said after they finish. Um, you you got to hear me. When you're a shepherd, you care about what's released over the sheep. You care about what's released to the people. Lift your Bibles. Let's make our confession of faith together. Let's go. For God's glory, this is my best year yet to the word I'm about to hear. I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it in Jesus' name. So, God, we tell you that we are open and we are ready. Speak to us tonight, God. We need to hear a word from you. We come against every distraction. We come against anything that would take our focus off of your word tonight, God. Father, we pray that tonight, even as we prepare to minister word about resisting the devil, Father, I pray that we will literally put a resistance in this atmosphere. A resistance in our minds, a resistance in our spirit, God. We resist every negative thought. We resist every negative ideology. We resist anything that would oppose the flow of the Holy Ghost. Every witch, warlike, demon, demonic force, we bind you. We bind you up now in the name of Jesus. We say, have your way, God. Come on, Wednesday, tell the Lord, say, have your way, God. In Jesus' name. So let's go to work. So we've been in this series called Angels and Demons. Everybody say Angels and Demons. Uh, and, and it's a series, a Christmas series like you've not heard. It's a Christmas series like you've not heard. And the purpose of it was to ensure that we understand there's always something supernatural that's going on behind what you see in the natural. Um, I taught you and we opened this series with an angel that is in fact our adversary. And we began demystifying the devil. One of the greatest tricks of the enemy is that he has created a mystification about him whereby people do not understand what they're dealing with. And when you do not understand something, you cannot confront something. Uh, for many people, they have made the devil way bigger than he really is, and consequently, they see it as if God has an enemy, as if God has an equal. So we began to demystify the devil, and we learned this, that the devil's already defeated. Open your mouth say, he's already defeated. Now, we ended um, last week learning that the devil is disarmed and defeated, but he uses devices to tempt us to forfeit. Pay attention. He cannot 
take anything from you. He's got to get you to give it up. You better hear me. He can't take your joy. You got to give that to him. He cannot take your peace. You got to give that to him. He can't take anything. You've got to forfeit it and give that to him. That's why 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So this message tonight is how to resist the devil. Everybody say how to resist the devil. First Peter 5, 8. Watch me. He says, be sober-minded. Why? Because the number one place you're going to be attacked is in your mind. The number one place things are going to come against you is in your mind. In fact, the issue isn't the issue. The issue is what your mind says about the issue. The issue isn't your co-worker. It's what your mind has told you about your co-worker. The issue is not your situation. It's what your mind has told you about your situation. So the first thing the man of God says in First Peter, he says, I need you to be sober-minded. In other words, fight to keep your mind right, which means sometimes you're going to have to tell everybody, give me one second because I need to make sure I got my mind right because if my mind's not right, I'm going to say something that I should not say. Sober-minded means that I'm not drunk, watch me, off of the situation. I'm not drunk off of the issue. I'm not drunk off of your attitude with me and you letting me pull you into y'all not going to talk. I got to keep my mind together. Touch your neighbor say, stay sober-minded. Stay in other words, this is something when he says be sober-minded, this is an action, which means this is not going to happen accidentally. You're going to have to fight to keep your mind right. You're going to have to fight not to clap back. You're going to have to fight not to be vengeful. You're going to have to fight not to have unforgiveness. You're going to have to fight not to want to snap, crack on, and pop on somebody because of how they handled you. Peter says be sober-minded, watch me, and be watchful. In other words, I'm expecting the enemy to do something, and I'm expecting him to do it right before. I'm at the edge of a great breakthrough, which means I was sitting in my living room waiting on the enemy to come start something. I wish you would sit next to somebody with a teaspoon of hood. Evidently, I'm the only one in the building. Watch me. What do you mean? I wish you would come start something with me. Why? I was waiting on you to start something. I was sober-minded, and I was watchful, which means I anticipated the attack because I knew I was about to do something I'd never done before. I anticipated the attack. Why? Because I knew I was getting ready to come to worship. I anticipated the attack. Why? Because I was about to walk into the best of my life. I was watchful, which means I was waiting on the attack. He says, be sober-minded, be watchful. In other words, I am waiting on the attack. Watch the next part of the verse. Your adversary. He is not God's adversary because God has no equals. One of the greatest mystifications that has been propagated throughout Christianity is that somehow there is God versus the devil, which is nothing more than Greek mythology. Zeus, the god of the heavens, and Hades, the god of the underworld. That is not Bible. That is not at all scripture. How do you know that, Bishop? Because in Job, we see that when the sons of God, which is a Hebrew idiom for the archangels, when they were coming to meet before God, there's seven archangels that stand before him. Satan was included in the meeting. You do not get included in the meeting if you are my enemy. You get included in the meeting if you are on my payroll. In other words... Satan is on a leash and God don't let him go that far. I don't need you running from an enemy that God says, I got that ninja on a leash, which means he can only do what I allow him to do. He can only go as far as I allow him to go. And anything that I allow, it is for your good and for God's glory. Can you open your mouth? Say, it's working for my good. Come on, Wednesday. Come on, say it with authority. Say, it's working for my good. 
now look at this. He says, he's your adversary and he prowls around. Prowls is an interesting phraseology to use because in essence he's saying, the enemy studies you like a detective. Look at me. He does not know what you think. He does not know what you think. He does not have the ability to discern the thoughts of man. This is why he watches what you say and he watches what you do. Please hear me. This is why even in the garden, the Bible says, and when the woman looked and she saw, she, he, she began to open her mouth. He watched what she did. He watched what she said. So he knew how to attack. And for some of you, you have to stop letting the enemy see you sweat. Sometimes you need to go through something and just sit there and put a smile on your face and say, I will not be moved. You're not going to watch me sweat. You're not going to watch me be stressed out. You're not going to watch me be worried. Why? Because you're studying me to find out how to attack me. He does not attack you with something that's not going to work. He's a prowler, which means he's been studying your bloodline for generations. He knows just the right type of woman to set in front of you. Let's talk. He knows just the right type of man to put in front of you. He knows the right thing to tempt you with. Hear me. It's not a temptation if it's not tempting. Mm. It's not a temptation if it's not something you don't have a desire for. Pay attention. Uh, the Bible literally makes it clear. He's been studying you, which is why, watch me, you have to be careful that you do not fall into the same traps of your bloodline. Why do I always teach you that you're the curse breaker? Because he studied your daddy, your daddy's daddy, his daddy, his daddy, and he figures the same things I used to get them, I'm going to use to get you. But you are the curse breaker. God, I wish I had faith in this building. Would you touch somebody on the shoulder and say, it ain't going to get you, it ain't going to get you. It's not what he used against your bloodline is not going to work against you. What he used against your mama name is not going to work against you. What he used against your cousin is not going to work against you. I know it took everybody else out, but baby, I was expecting. I was sober-minded, and I was watchful. Be sober-minded, be watchful for your adversary, the devil, prowls around. He's studying you like a detective. He's paying attention to what you say. He's paying attention to what you do. Pay attention. Like a roaring lion. He imitates Jesus who is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. Pay attention, which gives us an indication in the spiritual nature of the attack. He is presenting himself to be like a lion, although he is not one. Notice he's like a lion, which means you have to be careful because there are certain things that he'll present to you that you'll think are spiritual. There are certain things he'll present to you that you'll think, watch me, you feel justified in. Let's talk for a moment. Because he's like a roaring lion. So he's presenting something that seems like it's God, but it's not God. It seems like it's a God opportunity, but it's not God. It seems like it's what you're supposed to do, but it's not. It seems like the right step to take, but it's not because it's a dishonorable one. It seems like it's God, but it's not. He's like a roaring lion. Now, why does a lion roar? When a lion is hunting, a lion does not roar. When a lion is hunting, a lion is quiet. Because when a lion is hunting, if it lets you on that it's there, what are you going to do? You're going to run. So why does the scripture take the time to tell us that he's like a what? Roaring lion. Talk Wednesday. He's like a what? Roaring lion. Because his objective is to startle you, to stop you. Okay. Um, when a lion roars, he's doing so, watch me, because he's trying to assert his authority. Which means, who's scared? Okay, I don't like your silence. Elbow somebody next to you say, you're a bigger threat than you know. You're... Come on, YouTube, put that in the comments. Come on, Facebook, put that in the comments. If you roaring, evidently you're the one that's scared. Which means, maybe I shouldn't be on the run, maybe it's you that should be on the run. 
He is like a roaring lion. When he roars, the objective is to startle you, to get you to drop what's in your hands, to drop your assignment, to drop your focus. To, watch me. Do you not know that an unfocused person is never going to accomplish anything? That's why he says be sober-minded because the enemy needs you to drop your focus. So he roars to get you to drop your focus. But I need you to prophesy over yourself. Say, that won't happen again. That yeah, you're not going to be distracted from serving again. You're not going to be distracted from your assignment again. You're not going to be distracted from what God told you to do again. He is like a roaring lion. What's the last part of the verse? Seeking mm. someone to devour, which means he can't get everybody. He cannot get everybody. Who can he get? The sober ones. Who can he get? The watchful ones. Who can they get? The ones that aren't threatened by a roar. The ones that aren't threatened by a crazy text. The ones that aren't threatened by a crazy email. The ones that aren't threatened by a crazy message. I need every ounce of punk in you to leave you tonight. Let's talk. I need you to have, the Bible says in Proverbs 28 that the righteous are as bold as a lion. Which means if he's like a roaring lion, check me out. Baby, you brought the wrong fight to the right man because you're about to get... You're going to wish you never started nothing with me. You're going to wish you never messed with me. You're going to wish you never came against me. He is like a roaring lion seeking someone he can devour. Now look at verse 9. Here's, here's, here's the text. Resist him. And that's crazy. He said, I ain't going to send him nowhere. You resist him. All right, on three. Everybody open your mouth shout resist him. One, two, three. All right, all right. Now just like say it like you for real though. Like, like December, what's the day? The 14th. Like December 14th, 2022 is the last day that any attack is ever going to be successful in your life. Now, if you don't have faith, I don't want you to say nothing. I want you to sit there and do nothing. But for the rest of us, I need you to say this thing with so much authority that hell gets a message that you ain't the one to be tried. On three, shout resist him. One, two, three, resist him. Because if he acting like a lion, but you are a lion, it's about to be two lions going back and forth. Resist him. Pay attention. Pay attention. Firm in your faith. It's difficult to resist an enemy, watch me, when you are not firm in faith. It's difficult to be firm about plan A when you've already developed B, C, D, E, F, G. It's difficult to be faithful to what you're called to do when you've already created some things that you're not called to do to be backups in case you're called and don't work out. Okay. He said, be firm in your faith, which means you can lie, but I can detect the lie. You can tell me something, but I know enough to counteract what you're coming at me with. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So what is he saying? He's saying everybody dealing with this, which means you're not the only one. Right? So every time the enemy tries to make you feel like you're the only one dealing with that, somebody say everybody dealing with it. But he's, but watch me, but he's not getting everybody. He's not getting everybody. Now, this is not what Satan looks like. This is a Halloween costume. I want to be very clear because he might have a blue dress on. Listen, 
Um, this is this is not, this is a Halloween costume, but but I need you to get the point. Um, he, he's using the same bag of tricks on everybody. And for those that haven't peaked game, the game is working. But then there's you. God, I wish I had faith in this building. And it's not going to work against you. See, that's me. Your praise doesn't even reflect that you believe that. Because some of y'all, you spent your whole life running from somebody that had no teeth. He's like a lion. He's not a lion. He can't bite. He just roars. I need you to open up your mouth and say, it won't work against me. It... All right, let's go. Let's go. So let's look at this. Um, what, what, are, um, what are some of these devices? On Sunday, our guest taught us that God gives you an angel to get to your future. And in opposition to your future is the enemy. Look at Matthew 4 and 1. It's on the screen. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. This verse trips me out. Then Jesus, God in the flesh, the anthropos, 100% God, 100% man. So much man you can't believe he's God. So much God you can't believe he's man. He, he was led up by the what? By the Spirit. Where? Into a wilderness. Which means every wilderness isn't punishment. I want to talk now. Some wildernesses are to qualify you for your next. I'm about to preach now. What does wilderness mean? It's a period and place of testing and temptation. And for anybody that's been in a wilderness moment, I need you to lift your hands and worship God. Why? Because that is not necessarily a punishment. It's to qualify you for your next. He was led up by the Spirit. God took him there into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. In other words, before this is before Jesus began his public ministry. Jesus is 30 years old at this time and he says, "Before I'm going to release you, pay attention. Before I'm going to release you, pay attention. Before it's going to happen for you. Before anybody's going to know your name. Before anybody's going to know your business, let's talk. Before anybody's going to know your ministry, before anybody's going to know what you're called to do, I got to make sure that when I take you there, you can stay there. I wish, I got to make sure that you're not going to act crazy when I take you there. I need to make sure you're not going to get money hungry when I take you there. I need to qualify you for your next. Touch three people around you say, he's qualifying you, he's qualifying you, he's This is at the beginning. This is at the beginning. Before he's healed one person. Before he's, before he's recruited one team member. Before he's sold one pack. Business. Before he's done anything. Bible says, and the Holy Ghost took him up to test him. And who does he bring on the scene to test him? Hasetan. The celestial prosecutor. Satan is a title. It's not a name. Devil is used for Greek mythology to make the Greco-Roman culture understand that there was, an, uh, there was this adversarial angel. I need you to pay attention. I need you to pay attention. Uh, come here. Well, you got a mask on. Come on. You stay over there. I love you, though. Come on. Come on. So I'm going to be the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be the Holy Ghost. Come on. All right. Okay. All right, Jesus. We've been waiting. For 30 years, I've been getting you ready. I've been preparing you. I've been making sure you got the right information. I let you be a tecton. 
carpenter. Carpenter is a too small of a word. Tecton means builder. You are a general contractor. I needed you to know not how to do everything, but how to bring everything together. Mm-hmm. I needed you to know how to bring different parts together. I needed you to know how to get the plumbing together. I needed you to know how to get the, uh, uh, the woodwork together. I, need you, I needed you to know not how to do it. I needed you to know how to pull it together. Because you're about to pull together the, something that's going to last. You're about to build my church and the gates of hell itself. Shall... Woo! Would you elbow somebody and say, he's been getting you ready. He's been getting you ready. What you thought was insignificant, God says, I'm getting you ready. I need to teach you. I need to develop you. I need to make sure you got the right knowledge. I... So for 30 years, I've been having you be a tecton in Greek. You're a builder. Okay, because you're about to build something that's going to last thousands of years. You're going to be here three and a half years. It's going to last for over 2,000. Let's talk. Oh, my God. Lay your hands on yourself and say, what you're building is going to last. It's going to last. It's going to outlast you. It's going to outlast you. It's going to be your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What you're building in 22 is going to be a generational thing. Now, before you get to do any of this Messiah stuff, Moshiach in Hebrew, um, uh, Christos in Greek, the anointed one, his anointing is anointed. Before you get to do any of this, I need to bring you to somebody. I don't like your silence. Before you get the new promotion, I need to introduce you to somebody. Your silence is gone. I'm going to throw this mic at you. Watch me. Before I anoint you to heal, I'm going to take you through your own. Before I use you in a great way, I need to introduce you to somebody. I I need you to hear me. It was God that took him to the devil. Y'all ain't saying nothing. It was God that took him to the enemy. It was God that said, let me introduce you to you. Because you're about to qualify for this. And when you get it, ain't nobody going to be able to take it away. Slap somebody, high five, say, God's going to qualify you for this one. It was God that took him to the devil. And said, before you get all of this, before you do all of this, before they call in your name, say my name, say my name, before anybody saying your name. I'm going to take you, and I'm going to take you to the devil. (laughs) Religion will tell you what you do wrong. I'm telling you, I took you to him. Not because of what you did wrong, but because of what you're about to do right. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. So God, look at the, put the scripture up. Bible says, And the spirit took him to the wilderness. Pay attention. I'm going to introduce you to a celestial prosecutor who's going to accuse you, who's going to use devices that I've permitted him to use against you. And I'm not going to let it happen in a place where you have advantage. You are not in Bethlehem. You are not in Capernaum where you live. 
you're not in Jerusalem, the city of peace. I'm going to take you somewhere where the statistics are stacked against you. I feel like preaching now. (laughs) I'm going to take you somewhere where you are dealt a horrible hand. You will not have any advantages. And on top of that, so you don't have home court advantage, I'm leaving you with somebody that don't like you. Okay, let's preach. I'm going to put you on a job that I bless you with and put you around people that can't. Okay. I'm going to have you around family folks that every time you show up, they, okay. I'm going to put you around somebody that does not like you. You don't have an advantage of the where. You don't have an advantage of the who. And look at the next part of the verse. Look at the next, go to the next verse. And you're going to be fasting. Which means you don't have the advantage of medicating the moment. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. I'm going to make it so what you normally reach to for comfort is not in reach. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Who you normally text to get a look. Y'all ain't going to say, I'm going to make it so you don't have any ability to reach for comfort. And I need you to hear me. It's not punishment. It's promotion. For everybody that knows God's got something he's working on for your promotion. Open your mouth. Worship God for three seconds right there. Three. Two. Come on, holler, promotion. Look, you don't have home field advantage. He don't like you, can't stand you, has never liked you because you're my son. I used to call them the sons of God. But when I made you, you became the replacement. So nobody likes to see their replacement. And when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, afterward, let's read this verse together. He was hungry. Look, I don't need 40 days and 40 nights. Give me four hours. And I'm going to be hungry. He does not have home field advantage. He does not like you. You ready? You also are by yourself. Let's go. You are going to have to do this one. You ready? Alone. I don't anoint crowds. I anoint individuals. I anointed David in the midst of his brethren. I, I, this is not a crowd thing. So watch me. Watch me. You ready? Your spouse, they're going to be around but they won't be in the same. See, for some of you need to give some of your spouses grace because you don't recognize why you good, they in the wilderness. Your friends, you can't reach for them. You can't reach this. You have to do this one by yourself. And for every person where you've been feeling alone, even though you've been around people, can I tell you, you're in good company because Jesus had to go through the same thing. But encourage somebody, touch them on the shoulder, say, you're going to make it, you're going to make it, you're going to make it, you're going to make it. You don't have home foot advantage. He don't like you because you're his replacement. You're hungry. You're by yourself. And it's been 40 days. 40 is the biblical number of testing. 
the biblical number of temptation. Watch what happens. Look at what the enemy does. Say devices. Verse 3. Now, when the tempter came to him, which means you're in a, look at me, you're in a desperate place. He comes to you. I don't, okay. How you know God's getting something new? Because old people start. Watch me. Then the tempter came to him. Look at the next part of the verse. Look at the next part of the verse. And he said, okay, okay, so what happens? We have a conversation. Let's go. So how do these attacks that the enemy releases begin with us? A conversation. You have to be careful who you have around you. Because sometimes simple conversation will turn into destructive actions. When a conversation is released, John 6, 63 says, when words are released, words are spirit. And those words, they will bring either life or death. Which means he said something. Pay attention. Let's see if y'all are good class Wednesday. Which means he released something. Back it up. Let me back that thing up. If words are spirit, why did he not do something? Mm -mm. He had to say something. Which means, watch me, this spiritual attack began through the form of a conversation that would introduce a thought. Okay, it's quiet in the building. Because some of y'all, watch me, you're too deep for your own good, so you miss him because you're punching that air. You ready? He says, if you are the son of God, stop, ninja, you already know. Son of God is a Hebrew idiom for God in the flesh, which means you already know who he is, but watch me, but you've got to introduce doubt. Pay attention. You've got to introduce fear. You've got to begin to make him question if he is who he is. Watch me. He's not on home court advantage. You don't like him. He has nobody else, and he's been fasting. If you are loved by God, if you are called by God if you are really something. If you. This one if. Say if. Yes. If you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. In other words, prove yourself. Pay attention. You ready? Pay attention. What does anybody want him to do? The enemy wants him to first doubt himself, then prove himself to somebody he doesn't have to prove himself to. We live in a generation full of people who want to prove themselves to people whose opinions do not matter. I need you to get delivered from the opinions of people. Oh, my God. Lift your hands. Say, God, deliver me from people's opinions. If. Why the if? Because all I need to do is sow the seed. And then when I walk away, you're going to start thinking to yourself, well, maybe I'm not. Well, maybe God doesn't love me. Well, maybe God ain't with me. Well, maybe I'm not supposed to do this. 
Well, maybe this isn't going to go well. Mm. well maybe, and so now, watch me. He gone. All this Mark did was ask a question. And that question has now sent you on a place, look at me, where now you're not sober-minded. Because you drunk off a question. So you're going through your whole day being clumsy because of a question. You're going through your whole day, you ain't prayed because of a question. You're going through your whole day, you ain't worshiped because of a question. You're sitting in church tonight, and I got to beg you to lift your hands because of a question. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command, first of all, who are you talking to? I made you. Who the... you talking to if you are the son of God command these stones to become bread watch Jesus response look at his response but he answered it is written how did he overcome everything the enemy said pay attention he didn't dwell on it for some of you, watch me, you have got to learn how to immediately take a thought captive and kill it. Why? Because you sit on it too long. Jesus answered him immediately and said, but it is written. And he gives him scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. Pay attention. And because Jesus can handle this test at the beginning, watch me. He does more in three and a half years than he did in the first 30 years of his life. And I'm going to tell somebody, you about to do more with less. Open up your mouth. Say, I'll get more done with less. I'll get more... You'll get more done with less people. You'll make more progress with less. Ah, look at this. Look at this. Thank you. Look, look at me. Look at me. Jesus is tested at the beginning. And once he's tested after this 40 days and 40 nights, the Bible says that angels come and strengthen him. And then he goes forth. And that man changes the world in three and a half years. So for some of you who feel like you're too old, I rebuke your age. <laughs> you are not too old. For some of you who say you're too young, baby, you may be young, but you're ready. Come on, speak this over yourself. Say, I'm the right place. Come on, say it. Say, I'm in the right place at the right time around the right people for the right thing to happen. Say, all things are working together for my good. Put a praise on that right there. We almost done. Come on. Can you encourage somebody that's in the middle of a test right now? Just touch somebody and say, you got this. You got this. You. You're everything God says you are. You are a king and a priest. You're the head and not the tail. You are above only and never beneath. You are always overcoming, never being overcome. And if God be for you, who would dare be against you? Oh, my lions, I need to hear your praise right there. Go. Come on, come on. Everybody say yes, Lord. So let me give you, let me give you real quick. Let me give you real quick. These, can I give it to you real quick? Let me give you the four devices. I can't get through all of them. Let me just give you four devices real quick that the enemy uses. Well, how did Jesus respond to every test? It is written. 
He doesn't have home field advantage. This guy doesn't like him. Doesn't like you either. Which is why you can't play with the enemy. You can't say it's just a little sex. Because he hates you. Y'all ain't gonna talk? You can't say it's just a little, it's just a little drug. It's just, it's, y'all, see, I don't like your, your silence. No, I'm not saying it to judge you. What I'm saying is if, if this dude hates you, you can't give him anything to use against you. He hate me. I can't stand this mark either. You ready? I said, you ready? So Jesus responded to everything. Watch me. It is written. So look at this. Here's the first, here's the first thing. If the word isn't understood nor studied, you can't resist. If the word isn't understood nor studied, you can't resist. Okay, I'll say it again. If the word isn't understood nor studied, you can't resist. Let me prove it to you. Matthew 13, 19. Whoever hears the words of the kingdom and does not understand it, when the wicked one comes, snatches away what was sown into his heart. Heart in scripture is the Greek word here, cardia, which means mind. Where's the battle? Your mind. And does not understand it. The wicked one comes, snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one who received the seed by the wayside. So watch me. If you don't understand the word, then the enemy then can use that against you. This is why you have so many Christians, watch me, that live defeated lives because they do not understand the word. And I need you to open up your mouth and say, but Lord, give me understanding. I I pray that every time you get in the word, God bring you understanding so you're never left with confusion, so that you're never left with a lack of clarity. But then if it's not studied, pay attention. Shouting is good. Worship is good. Praise is good. All that is good and important. But watch me. I've seen some Christians, but that's all they got. And that cannot be you. Say, it cannot be me. Because notice what Jesus didn't do. He didn't shout at the devil. Quiet. He didn't worship. It's quiet. That's good. Worship is good. Praise is good. Shouting is good. I'm going to have you do it eight more times tonight. But that's not how he resisted the enemy. He resisted the enemy by saying, I know that you out of order. I know this thought is out of order. I know this is not the way I'm supposed to think about this. You ready? Jesus said, it is written. Okay. Which means when you receive the word, you have to understand it. To understand it, you have to review. What is study? It is simply review. This is why we have YouTube. This is why we have podcasts. This is why we have all these resources that are made available to you. Why? So you can go get an understanding of the word. So that you don't ever have to leave saying, I don't know. You should never leave. I remember going up, going to church, and I'd be like, you know, people like, what was church about? Ah, it was good. What do you talk about? <laughs> it's good, though. Because you felt good, but you didn't get better. And the Bible says the word is sharper than a dual-edged sword. What does that mean? It's supposed to cut both ways. Which means when a message is coming forth, something ought to convict you. Y'all ain't saying that. It ought to make you say, whoo! okay all right and then the same watch me once it cuts something away watch me then it's adding something new because it's alive the bible says it's like living bread it's like living water this thing is alive it's sharp but it's also alive let's look at this second device let's look at the second device you ready for this one doubt pride and fear let me show you this one this one was this one was pretty interesting look at this first chronicles 21 and 1 
Satan, the adversary, stood up against Israel and incited David to count the population of Israel. He took a census. Okay. This makes sense. You're the king. Don't you need to count what you got? David, you're not counting for purposes of a census. You're counting for purposes of pride. It's quiet in the building. Look at verse 7. Now, God was displeased with this act of arrogance and pride. But he, I'm a king. I, I, I need to know what I have. David, did you count what you had when it was me and you versus Goliath? David, did you count what you had when it was me and you versus the lion? Me and you versus the bear? Why all of a sudden are you concerned about resources now? I need you to open up your mouth and say, God is my provider. I, oh, my God. I don't need you worried about how you're going to get it done. I am your provider. And, David, you're counting so that they'll be your provider. I don't like your silence. So, so I'm going to move you, Satan. I'm going to incite you. I'm going to instigate you. Before you go to war, you better count what you got. Before you move, you better make sure your money right. Before you do this, you better. And watch me. It sounds like wisdom. But the truth is you're doing it from a place of fear. And how does fear project itself? Pride. Now we're going to kill this in your neighbor. And if your neighbor ain't been talking tonight, I want you to really like extra, like mess with them extra tonight. Okay? Right. Just touch them on the shoulder. Say in the name of Jesus. I pray that every ounce of pride that's in you, that that's gone tonight. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Find you somebody else. Tell them, say, no doubt, no pride, no fear. God is your provider. God, I feel like shouting right through here. He's your provider. He's your gyro. Don't you count? God says, I'll make sure you got everything you need and overflow. Say it again, Wednesday. Say, God is my provider. He literally, he literally said, this thing has displeased me that you have done. If you read the rest of the chapter, the Bible says that an angel of destruction is released because David took a census. He says, you counted resources as if you were going to only obey if, if you like to count. Shut up. God, that's good to me. You count it like you only going to do it if the count adds up. But I need to see if there's some people in this building and online that says, God, I'll do it because you said so. And I'm not worried about the count. I'm not worried about the resources. I will obey. Let's take 10 seconds and go old school and just tell them, yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, my answer is yes. The answer is yes. 
The answer is, tell him yes, Lord. I said, tell him yes, Lord. Here's the third one. Here's the third device he uses. So number one, number one, you don't understand the word. So if you don't understand the word, you can snatch it. You'll get it. Because you won't even know. You won't even know what's happened to you. Number two, doubt, pride, fear. Pride is nothing more than a projection of fear. It's the distortion of fear. You're fearful of the truth, so you lie. Pride. You're fearful people won't like the truth about you, so you lie. Pride. You're fearful that you won't have what it takes, so you project something. Pride. People with bad attitudes, that's nothing more than pride, which is insecurity and fear manifesting. So it becomes a hardcore exterior, so you can't hurt me because I've put a prideful shell on the outside. People who walk around with arrogance. You ready? Okay. But then, but then look at this next one. Making your issue an infirmity. Now look at this. In Luke 13, 16, Luke, Luke is a Gentile physician. He's a doctor. So Luke sees certain things, records certain things that others don't. He pays attention to it because by nature, when you're a doctor, you're looking at things. I remember um, we have a lot of medical people who are part and and uh, one time I had a short sleeve shirt on and one came to me and said, excuse me, sir, please don't think this is weird. I said, well, we already kind of started it. Kind of went. She says, you have great veins. I said, oh, okay. She said, yeah, you have great veins. He said, like, I just would, you know, just love to just <laughs> take a blood sample because you got, I was like, yeah, definitely on the weird side, but, but, but I get it, but I love you. I get it. Ready? All right, pay attention. He pays attention. He sees things that other people don't see. Now, watch what the scripture says. This is Jesus speaking. He says, so ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, let's stop right there. So during that time, she would be tantamount to what we would call somebody that's saved. So, so pay attention. Should not this woman, who is a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, stop. See, saved, but bound. So watch me, because people will say, watch me, if you save, can you, mm -mm, read your, right here. And how long? 18 years. Should she not be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? Now, if you read the verses before and after, it refers to this, this uh, bond, it refers to it as an infirmity. Now pay attention. An infirmity is not an illness or a sickness. An infirmity is a person's belief about an illness or a sickness. An infirmity is the handicap that you develop because of your issue. It is what you tell yourself you can't do because of your issue. It is what you disqualify yourself for because of your issue. The Bible says we can do what? All things. An infirmity says, but I can't do that but I can't do that. And God says, watch me. I need to get this woman free. Watch me. Her issue's not her issue. The fact that her issue has become an infirmity, she's been telling me for 18 years what she can't do. So which means the sickness wasn't even her problem no more. Her problem was that she let the sickness keep her bound. Let the sickness keep her messed up. Let what her mama said keep her messed up. Let what her daddy said keep her messed up. I'll come down your road and I need you to hear me. You cannot let your issue become an infirmity. Because then it becomes 
where, well, I can't do this because I'm here. Well, I can't do this because of that. I can't do this because of that. So now your issues become an infirmity. And for 18 years, this woman sat up and said, I can't do it. Literally, the Bible says she was like this. She's hunched over. She's hunched over. Okay, the Lord has need of you. All right, okay, all right, all right, okay. She's hunched over. We're just going to use a, a gentleman in this thing. Hunched over. You're one. Okay. You're an honor praying for healing ain't happened yet you're two you're three you're four you're five you're six it keeps getting worse not because it's getting worse but because you keep telling yourself I can't get up y'all remember them old school commercials where the individual would be on the ground and they said help I've fallen Look at me, but you can. But you can. Well, Bishop, I sinned yesterday. Get back up. Bishop, I messed up. Get back up. Amen. You're six. You're seven. You're eight. Nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. And, she, and she's saved. She goes to church like this. Because some people don't actually want healing because it doesn't get as much attention. Being infirmed gets attention because now everybody, what's wrong, baby? What's wrong with you? You okay? She comes to church like this. And he, in our example, he worships like this. God, I'm giving you everything. Begging when you're the seed of Abraham. Begging when healing is the children's bread. Not because of the issue, but because you told yourself, this is what life's going to be for me. What have you told you that has become your infirmity? I can't have that. Why? can't do that. Why? It's not going to work for me. Why not? I'm going to die like this. Shut up. And I mean that with love and aggression. <laughs> Both of them. I'll never get over it. Why? I'll never be out of debt. Why? The doctor said, why are you telling me what they said? Well, you know the economy. No, I live in the kingdom. It's always good in the kingdom. I don't participate in recession. I don't participate in lack. I don't. Her issue wasn't her issue. It was an infirmity. She told herself, you're handicapped. You can't get better. So when Jesus shows up, Jesus walks on the scene. He's like, and the crazy thing is the religious people were like, he healing people on the Sabbath. And Jesus is like, they've been like this for 18 years. What's crazy is that none of y'all ever said anything. I pray you're not around people who see you like this and don't do nothing about it. Oh, my God. 
Let's do a road check. Let's do a section check. Let's do an online check. Make sure you're around some people that ain't going to let you stay in an infirmity. Just touch them on the soul and say, I won't let you stay there. I won't let you. If I see you down, I'm going to pay you out. If I see you sad, I'm going to pay you out. If I see you depressed, I'm going to pay you out. If I see you got anxiety, I'm, I'm not going to let you stay there. I'm not going to let you stay there. Come on, Wednesday. God's not going to let you stay there. He's not going to let you stay there. So Jesus, Jesus literally, he's like, stand up. Look at me. She's like, I could do that? You about to do what you thought you could never do. I'm, oh. I ain't playing with y'all. You about to do what you thought you can never do. What your daddy said you wouldn't do, you about to do it. What your mama said you wouldn't do, you about to do it. What the devil told you, you never do. Open up your mouth and if you know you're about to do something you've never done, release worship for five seconds. Go, five. And it's getting ready to happen. 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 Look at two people saying, it's getting ready to happen. Come on, YouTube. And it's getting ready to happen. You're going to own what they said you couldn't own. You're going to purchase what they said you couldn't purchase. You're going to walk in what they said you could not walk in. Speak this over your life. We're about to go say, and it's getting ready to happen. Let's go. Let's go. Last one, 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 last one. But there's some people that they're going to see you next week. They saw you last time like this. They're about to see you walk in there like this. Last time they saw you, you were depressed. They're about to see you not having to take the same pills again. Oh my God. Somebody open your mouth saying it's happening for me. Last one, we got to go, we got to go, got to go. <laughs> last one, last one. Four devices, all I got time for tonight. He puts you on trial. Puts you on trial. Luke twenty-two thirty-one. 31, you with me? Luke twenty-two thirty-one. and the Lord said, Simon, Simon. And what's interesting is Simon, Simon Peter, he has three names throughout the Gospels. Simon, his name, Simon Peter, and Peter. Simon means snub-nosed or arrogant. So when Jesus speaks to him in Luke, pay attention to the verse. It's Luke what? 22. I'm going to help some of you explain what's been happening this year. He doesn't speak to Peter. He doesn't call him Peter. He says Simon, Peter Petros, rock, Simon, snub-nosed, arrogant. I want you to pay attention to what he was putting on trial. In 22. I'll set the mic down and give you an opportunity to respond because some of y'all clearly need an opportunity to just digest all of that. He didn't put Peter on trial. 
He put Peter's arrogance on trial. And remember, arrogance and pride are nothing more than projections from fear and doubt. So what did he put on trial in your 2022? If you don't look at somebody and say, God set you up, he set you up. Luke 22. 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Now, I named you Peter, but that ain't what I'm putting on trial. What I'm putting on trial is this part of you that you have learned. You're a fisherman. You're a rough guy. You're a man's man. You've learned to hide behind all of that. Because the truth is, you're a punk. And I'm going to kill every piece of punk that's in you. What do you mean when you say punk, Bishop? The parts of you, watch me, that get scared when you need to rise up. The parts of you that try to keep you bound, keep you locked up. I need you to make sure you ain't sitting in the punk section. I need you to make sure you ain't streaming with the punk section. Look at somebody close to you and say, no punks in this row. No punks. We ain't backing down. We're not giving up. We're not throwing in the towel. We're not discouraged. We're not in doubt. We're not in fear. If God be for us, who would? Simon, Simon. Look at the verse. Indeed, Satan asked for you. Where we got this from? Job chapter 1. We were having a meeting. And we had a meeting. He brought you up by name. He don't like you. And I hope you don't like him. He asked for you. He asked for you. <laughs> Didn't he ask for you? Listen, he asked for you. He asked for you. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. There's 12 of y'all. One of you, he's filled. But he couldn't do that to you, Pete. He had to ask for you. Because while you're going to make a few mistakes, after this trial... You're going to do more than all the others. I'm going to run out Grape Street. Satan asked for you, and here's what he asked for you for. He asked me, he asked me, could he sift you as wheat? If you look on the screen at the bottom, you will see a wheat sift. Literally, the wheat sift separates the chaff which is inedible. It's a hardened exterior to the wheat. It protects the wheat in the elements, but it's inedible. It's not usable. You ain't gonna need that in your next. <laughs> you ain't gonna need that in your next. <laughs> you're not gonna need that where you're going. You're not gonna need that where you're headed. Because Peter, you're gonna get up on one day, and on one day, 3,000 people are gonna get saved. 
He sifts you. Come on, tell somebody, say, he sifts you. Uh, wrong neighbor. I need you to get somebody that when you touch them, you they tell you that, but they put a praise that you're going to survive the sift. Tell somebody else, say, he sifts you. But that ain't a bad thing because everything that it needs to get up off of me, God is going to shake it up off of me. Everything that needs to detach from me, God is going to shake it up off of me. Every person that needs to get from around me, God is going to shake it up off. Somebody say, this is a good thing. Say it again, this is a good thing. Look at me, look at me, look at me. He says, Satan asks, Satan asks, everybody stand, we're going, everybody stand, we're going, everybody stand, everybody stand. At home, you stand too, you've been sitting, stand up. He says, he asked the, he asked to shake some stuff. He asked, he, 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 he asked, could he shake you? Because maybe that's what you need to finally take your seat. Come on. Look at me. He asked to sift you as wheat. Say, this is a good thing. Open your mouth. Say, this is a good thing. Because I'm getting off every person that needs to get off of you. Every thought that needs to get up off of you. Uh-oh, every relationship that needs to get from out of your life. I need to shake everything from around you that needs to be shaken. Anybody that's dealing with a little shaking right now, I'm going to give you five seconds to praise God that the shaking is for your good. Go. Come on, YouTube. Come on, Facebook. Come on, rejoice that the shaking is for your good. That the shaking is for your good. That the shaking is for your good. Come on, somebody say, it's for my good. Satan has to sift you as we. This is a good thing. I'm going to use him to bring the best out of you. And I'm going to wait until 22... 31. Right. Now, maybe y'all don't believe in the power of the prophetic nature of numbers. It's called gematria. It's the study of the spiritual significance of numbers. Touch your neighbor. Say, there's 31 days in this month. You're in the 22nd year. Say, the sifting's almost over. I, I, if, if you don't, if you don't open up your mouth and get the it's almost over God's going to get the best out of you your best prophecy your best ministry your best miracles your best work your best servant come on he's about to get the best He's about to get the best. He's about to get the best. Let's go. 
Let's go. He has to sift you as wheat. Hear the next verse. Look at this verse. I didn't tell him no. Look at me. You know why I can't stand American Christianity? Because American Christianity tells you that you can be great without sift. People tell you that God can use you and not sift you first. Ooh, would you just grab somebody? Matter of fact, just lean on them. Say, the sifting's almost over, though. It's a, just lean on them. It's almost. <laughs> Prophet, Jesus did not say, he did not say, I told him he couldn't do it. He said, I pray for you. Because I'm going to let this mark all up in your house, all up in your job. All up in your family, all up in your business, all up in your ministry, all up in your... I'm going to let him come shake. I didn't tell him not to do it. American Christianity says he's not going to let him do it. The problem is if I don't get sifted, then I can't be trusted. Because there's too much inedible chaff on you. You ready? You ready? Come on, y'all. We're going to go. You ready? But I prayed for you. Ain't this a mess? Jesus is like, I prayed for you, for real, for real. Who you pray to? Myself. I asked me. I asked me <laughs> that your faith wouldn't fail you. Look at me. 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 I want to tell you the truth. Nobody's going to tell you. For every person that's ever questioned your faith, ever questioned the Lord, ever questioned your walk with God, let me tell you what nobody tells you. Read the next part of the verse. And when you return, which means for a moment, you're going to walk away from me. For a moment, you're going to say you doubt me. For a moment, you're going to say you don't know if I'm real. For a moment, you're going to wonder whether or not this is true. We gotta go Wednesday. We gotta go. Look at me. He says, he says, he says, I'm gonna let him do this for your good. Look at me, Pete. Look at me, Pete. Look at me. And when you return, which means I ain't gonna tell him. Look at me. I ain't gonna tell him what really went down. I ain't going to tell them that Peter, you're going to, you gonna, look what you're going to do. Look what you're going to do. Look at the screen. Peter, you're going to deny and go back to your old life. And what's crazy is some people, watch me, you still come to church and lie, deny. And you've gone back to your old ways. But Jesus was like, I'm telling you up front, Pete. You're going to have some moments where you're like, this is too much. I can't do this. This is not working. I don't know if I believe. God, where are you at? But I'm sifting you. 
Because a faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. Y'all, here's the shout. We got to go because I'm over time. I'm over time. You ready? He says, look at the, go back. He says, and when you have returned to me. Because Peter literally, he denies Jesus three times. But they're like, you was with Jesus. No, I wasn't. I don't even know him. I don't believe in Jesus no more. I don't know if I believe in all of that. I believe in the pyramids. I believe in Muslims. I believe in this. I believe in that. I believe, I believe in the atmosphere. I believe in the mother God. I believe in the God mother. I believe, I believe in this. I believe in that. I believe in the water. I just believe in nature. Oh, and it's, I like oatmeal. I just. You ready? He says, but you going to get sifted enough where you going to come back. You know how Jesus gets him back? If I was an old school, I started right through here. Jesus shows up when Peter goes back to his old lifestyle fishing. Jesus shows up and says, come on, let's eat something. In other words, he goes and meets him where he went. I'm so glad I have a savior that knows how to find me exactly where I'm at. Would you look at somebody and say, he came to find you exactly where you were. He'll find you in your doubt. He'll find you in your fear. He'll find you. And he got Peter back. And he said, and when you get back, strengthen your brothers. In other words, tell them what you learned when you were sifted. Tell somebody, say, I got a testimony. Last part. Say, but. I like big butts. I cannot lie. The mother preachers tried it in that. Biblical butts, right here. It's a biblical butt. Somebody say biblical butt. Let's get it. Let's get that clear. Jalen, Peter comes back after his sifting. After he lied, denied, ran away. I'm going to prophesy what, what some of you are walking into. And in Acts chapter 2, verse number 41. You ready? Say, say why 41? Now, if you don't shout, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And I'm not. I, I'll preach from Atlanta on Sunday. Y'all can have outreach and all of that. I'll see you. Let me know how it goes. Text me. You ready? 40 is the number of wilderness. It's the number of testing. 41 is the biblical number to exit the wilderness. To exit the test. To exit the sifting. Let somebody next to you say it's almost over. Look at me. Prophet, they've replaced, they've replaced Judas with Matthias. Now there's 12, 12, biblical number of government. Everybody's in their seat. When it's time and these people come and say, what's going on? What do we do? How do we get saved? It wasn't Thomas. He didn't get sifted. It wasn't John. He didn't get sifted. I don't like your silence. See, some of you, you felt like, God, why am I going through this and nobody else is? Because he's going to use you in a way he ain't going to use them. Open your... He doesn't use Matthew because Matthew doesn't get... Talk. He doesn't use... He doesn't use the other... He doesn't use Andrew because Andrew doesn't get 
But when it's time and all these people are gathered, you know who gets up with no microphone, with no sound system, with no band to back him up, with no screens to put the stuff on the, bar, on the screen, with no cameras. You know who gets up and preaches the gospel and 3,000 people give their lives to the Lord? The one that got sifted. And he saved the best for last. I need you to worship God for your sifting. Come on, Wednesday, we got to go. I need you to worship God for your shaking. Worship God for your sifting. He's going to use you greater. He's going to use you greater. Come on, prophesy to somebody close to you. Touch him on the shoulder. Say, he's going to use you greater. Uh-uh. Come on, I need your faith to stir up before we get out of here in the building. I no line. Touch somebody on the shoulder and say, he's going to use you greater. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, 3,000 souls were added to them. Peter's Peter's first act after his trial is a 3,000 person windfall. See, for some of you, you can't relate to that because you don't understand the ministry aspect. That's okay. Let me shift it to something else. Your next financial deal your next business, your next career opportunity, your next property. Peter did more after his trial than he did before. Lift your hands in the building and don't lie. God, I want to go up. We're about to go, but just open your mouth and worship for just a few seconds in the building. Come on, come on, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, just for a few seconds. Come on. God's going to use the enemy to put you on trial. But after he puts you on trial, you're going to do more. 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 And it'll be easier. And it'll be easier because you've been sifted so you ain't scared like you used to be. You've been sifted so you're not fearful like you used to be. You've been sifted so you got a boldness on you you didn't have before. Hallelujah. Heads bowed, eyes closed in this building and online tonight. If you need to become a Christian, tonight's your night. Secondly, if you're giving your life to the Lord, but you've not been faithful to him, tonight's your night. Thirdly, if you're like Bishop Foreman, I don't know where things stand, but I want to be sure. Wherever you're at tonight, in this building or online, where the majority of us are, on three in the building, you're going to raise your hand online. When I count to three, you're going to do the hand wave emoji or say it's me. Um, on Monday night, 
uh, prayer. 20 people gave their lives to the Lord on prayer. And I believe that even on a Bible study night, we're going to see people come to the Lord. On three, just do the hand wave emoji in the building online. You do the hand wave emoji or say it's me. I have online ambassadors on every platform watching for you. One, two, three. If that's you, hands up in this building. Online, do the hand wave emoji or say it's me wherever you're at. Hallelujah. Everybody, quickly pray this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Come on, talk. Say, thank you for your love for me. I confess in my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. I believe by faith that I am yours. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, take your phone out, text HARVEST to 55498. Click the button that says SALVATION. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With Starbucks Holiday Blend for Nespresso Virtuo, now exclusively at Target, there are even more ways to share the joy. Savor every smooth and festive sip all holiday season with friends and family at home to fill every indulgent day with cheer.